All right, welcome to this episode of Cotton Specialist Corner. I'm Seth Bird. Today we've kind of got a short episode. We're going to talk about variety characteristics or variety evaluations that we do this time of year, sort of in the middle of the season. We often focus on characteristics of varieties early, seedling vigor, stand establishment, things like that, or later in the season, maturity. Obviously, yield and fiber quality are important. But there are some things that we can look at this time of year that maybe are overlooked when we talk about variety performance, and that's going to be the discussion today. And like always, I'm joined by a great group of specialists. We'll start, as we always do, with the introductions, and we'll begin with Keith in North Carolina. I'm Keith Edmiston, cotton specialist at North Carolina State University. Thanks, Keith. First time that you've joined us since our first episode, and glad to have you back. Brian in Mississippi. Brian Paralisi, Extension Cotton Specialist at Mississippi State. Thanks, Brian. And then we'll end up with my upstairs neighbor in Kansas. I'm Stu Duncan, the Northeast Region Extension Specialist for Kansas State University. Thanks, Stu. And again, you know, we're talking about mid-season variety valuations or mid-season characteristics we can look at for varieties that may lend them to success in our environments. So, Keith, start with you. What do you look for there in North Carolina? I think one of the things that growers can look at concerning varieties at this time of the year is how their varieties are matching up with their soil types. Are you getting the kind of stalk height you want? Are you getting the kind of closure in the middles? I think another thing that for us right now, a lot of our cotton is just starting to bloom, is to pay attention to your varieties and when they start blooming, maybe even what node they start blooming on. But certainly if you compare similar planted planting dates that you can get an idea with the bloom date of the lateness of the varieties. Thanks, Keith. Brian, we'll move over to you in Mississippi. You know, things you look at this time of year or just mid-season things in general that you use to gauge a variety's performance or fit. We look a lot at the growth, the vigor, and all that and try to establish a growth habit for that plant because a lot of these varieties that we're planting this year are Bulgar 3s. And I like to try to compare what it's doing this year to what it says it's going to do just to make sure all those ducks are in a row and everything lines up. And that'll help us with our PGR applications and things of that nature moving forward. Because I keep a list of maybe how it performed as an experimental variety. And then, you know, whenever it goes to the market. But this year we've had throughout the cotton belt, I guess, the east side, a lot of rain and we have a lot of variability. So just knowing how they're going to perform will be very beneficial. Thanks, Brian. And Stu, then to you, you know, you're in a pretty northern part of the belt in Kansas there. What are things you're really looking for that you can get a gauge on this time of year? That's a really good question, especially following the planting season we had or didn't have. We're down a third of our acres versus what we planted a year ago. Some of that had to do with quality that we caught on on the late half of the season last year. But guys were holding off because of cold, damp soil and cold soil here, our average plant date really got backed up. We are just starting to hit two-thirds squared. I would have liked to have seen some pretty good blooms by early next week. That's generally what we would see, but we're lagging. So, you know, the guys, they've had some thrip treatments that they've had to take care of, but they've really got to keep those insects out. We don't have a season to make up at the end with our normal 13 to 15 fruit and branches that we may 
get something off of. 13 is usually about average, and we don't start setting bowls till about the sixth or the seventh branch. So we're very compressed for time. Latest USDA report has got us at our condition has improved as we have cranked the heat up. So until we get a top cap on that heat unit thing, we're going to move right along. We're still kind of in hurry up mode. Seth, is what we've got to do to get done. You know, the guys, if they're under good water conditions, they're hitting with some growth regulator now, and probably they're going to have a flea hopper control in with that too. But all in all, we're just trying to get it as early as we can, starting a little bit later. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and for us, I mean, we're kind of in a similar boat. And this kind of goes back to some of the things that both Keith and Brian mentioned. I guess, you know, when we scout, we talk about square retention a lot. I sometimes look at square retention as a way to gauge things, but more of sort of where they are on the plant. Do we see a lot of square retention and lower nodes and outer positions on those lower nodes? I think for us in Oklahoma, a lot of times that's favorable, especially a year like this where we're kind of behind too. And then notable white flower is something that we look at maybe at early bloom, kind of get a gauge on fruiting window. Do you guys see anything with the square end? Keith, I know you kind of mentioned it already, but how important is a square retention or positions of fruit when it comes to, you know, each of your three environments? That's one reason I mentioned checking when you're cutting flowers in the mid-season. I was in some cotton yesterday, and it's not unusual cotton. It's probably not going to bloom for another week. And that cuts us from a six to eight week effective bloom period to probably a four week bloom period. That makes square retention more important. It makes, you know, just protecting the crop more important when you've got a shorter effective bloom period. A lot of things you can get away with, maybe being a little sloppy on plant bug control here or there with an earlier crop you might get away with. It's going to be difficult to get away with with this late crop. Stuart, Brian, either of you? I would just say just for this year, what I've noticed, you know, we've had a lack of heat unit accumulation early and we have a large spread of our planting dates i mean even we planted some in late april all the way till mid-june even the early planted cotton is two weeks behind and so with that you know we want to have our fruit set as low as possible and we tried from a management standpoint to you know protect it but i've noticed fruiting branches are still appearing a lot higher in the node count than we'd like i'm assuming that's environmental because a lot of those nodes are really close together. And I think it was throwing out nodes real close and then it started fruiting higher than we'd like. Then you still have, you're confounded with the shorter blooming window, late season. The fall is going to be really critical to our success, especially from the upper canopy development standpoint. we got to try to protect what we have. We also, some of that's out of our hands as far as what we are able to make. Yes, Stu, how about you? I think I probably covered that a little bit earlier, but our effective flowering window is really only about four weeks anyway. So we don't usually hang on to as many poles as the guys a little further south, but we are better than I thought. Just knew that from a plant and date study last year, even though the quality was terrible because of September, we were holding on to bowls a lot better than we normally do. That was on dry land. Irrigated, we're usually pretty good, but it's still a short season. Just what it is. This is one of those rare episodes where you have this geographic spread represented and we're all saying the same thing. <laughs> Everybody's got a short window this year, I guess. And 
Keith Simmer, you guys in some cotton, looking at those lower nodes, seeing second and third position squares there, which is great to have them on those lower nodes. But, you know, here in mid-July, I'd love for one of those to be a flower at this point. And we're just not there. You know, a lot of our cotton is at least a week away from flowering. Sounds like the whole belt is in for uh, interest in August and September if everything keeps going the way it's going. Maybe somebody somewhere has got some cotton that's on time, but we didn't cover it today, that's for sure. And it's hard to find, I think. Well, it's probably Norton out in Arizona has got things cranking. Hopefully Arizona or South Texas. Maybe there's some somewhere. One thing Brian said, you know, he's noticing it's fruit a little higher. And, you know, that's common in a year when you have cold weather when that cotton's at the one to two leaf stage and it's deciding when it's going to start fruiting to see an early variety that might start fruiting on node five, not start fruiting till node six or seven. So that's something that can exacerbate a little bit of what else is going on in terms of a short season. The other thing I like to tell a grower to do at this time of year is start looking at squares at the top of the plant. You know, if you've got good moisture like we do right now, and your cotton's pretty rapid, you're not at bloom. If you look at that square, it's very small. But if you watch the new square that's at the top of the plant, as we go into bloom and get a bowl load, that square is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it's hard to put a measurement to that, but it's really a good indicator of whether you need picks is the size of that square in the top of the plant associated with a quarter size leaf. That's a really good point, Keith. Do you mind sharing your picks opinion based on that square size that's why i encourage people to start looking at it now because you know i can tell you like an internode length to look for and you can measure it but you can walk out into a field you know that's been in bloom three or four weeks and if it's got a good bowl load you'll start seeing that square get bigger and bigger now how to quantify that to tell somebody without them just going out there and being aware of that and watching you know, a lot of times I'll walk out into a field and I just look through squares the top plants and say, no, man, we don't need pigs. So now y'all have got my brain working, which usually takes a while, as you know. I am curious, though, as we've been talking and we've all talked about how late we are, is there anything that you're seeing right now? And I think we talked about this early in the season on our planting episode, maybe. Is there anything going on right now that already is raising concerns for you? a few months from now, whether it be yield or quality related? I think, you know, looking at the crop in the mid-season, like we're talking about right now, and we see that this crop is late, if you've got moisture and everything, that makes it more likely that you're going to benefit from picks. To think ahead to the cotton you're going to pick first. You know, that cotton, if you can get the picker in the field a week earlier, you know, that week in September, October might be worth a month of picking in November or later in the season. And the other thing is that, you know, some of the real later part of this crop may be up against the wall in terms of a frost or lack of heat units to mature. And that's certainly another area where the value of the earliness that you can get out of mepquat chloride or picks can be economically valuable. I mean, I would echo that and say anything that you can do to keep from maturity delays, you know, whether it be really staying on top of your insect pests you know, monitoring your picks and making quality applications because, like he said, the DD60 accumulation in Mississippi on some of these acres is going to be significant because I have a feeling that if we have a cool fall, we could easily run out of that. And, you know, we just need to keep it on time. We had a lot of stunted cotton. Our growers have been really good about 
not putting out extra nitrogen, but I was kind of concerned that they were going to try to kick that in, you know, try to boost some of the stuff off when they already had a full slug of it out there. So as long as we can try to hasten our maturity as much as we can, I think that's the best we can do. Stu, you got any concerns there? That's an annual thing up here. We depend on September tremendously. Last year, we had about 225 heat units for September. That's why we had Micronair. It was barely mop cotton, I think. We had some 31, 32 cent cotton last year. It was just terrible. Normally, we will catch close to 500 heat units in September, which means a lot for us. Our guys don't waste time chasing those late bowls that nodes above white flower and then nodes above crack bowl. As they've gotten experience, they're a lot better about that. They may have a feel that they kind of let go a little bit, but you really can't afford to do it. When you're only dealing with as many bowls per plant as we're looking at, you got to keep them, you know, first, maybe some second node on the first three or four nodes. But other than that, we're just not going to make it if we chase everything like that. That's another thing growers can think about between now and defoliation is going out at whenever you think your last effective bloom date is. For us, it's probably somewhere between August 20th and August 25th and paying attention to what node that blooms at then. So you're not, like Stu said, trying to chase bowls that are not likely to mature. That's a good point. We always worry about trying to get that postcard cotton. It's hard to do it. You may lose a little bit of money getting it to look that pretty. And guys, I appreciate your time today. Just want to say, appreciate the funding from Cotton Incorporated. Appreciate everybody at Grope for all their work. We're on the podcast apps. I guess it's common to ask for folks to rate and comment. If you've got a good rating, that'd be great. If you're going to rate us poorly, maybe give us a second chance. <laughs> I will take it. I will take whatever we can get. We would love to hear comments though, or suggestions, and you don't have to make them public. We have a Twitter page for the podcast, at Cotton Corner Pod. You could shoot us a message on there or email any cotton specialist. We have a lot of ideas on our own, but we'd love to hear if there's anybody out there who wants us to cover a certain topic. We'd love to hear from y'all. Keith, for the first time, I get to say it to your face. Thanks for the music, and thank everybody for listening. <laughs>